Welcome to the Intimate Inspirations Podcast. I am Michelle Blumentritt, and I cannot wait to share with women, no matter what your phase of life, a longtime passion of mine to help you find your beautiful. Welcome back to Intimate Inspirations. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's February, y'all, and I am so excited because it's Love Month. I love this month. Of course, I always love this month, but I'm especially excited because I have some amazing guests lined up for this month as we discuss all things love and marriage. Today, I am honored to introduce an amazing couple who are close friends of Dalen and I and are amazing people as well. Welcome, Todd and Sonia. Thanks so much for being here today. We're glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Awesome. So I would love to have you guys go ahead and give a little background about how um, you guys met. I'm first going to just let my listeners know how I met you guys, which I was trying to remember. And I can't remember if it was 2010 or 2011, but it was right around that time. I think. Yes. So it's been I think over you're 10 right. years. Yes. For sure. Definitely over 10 years. And we were in a Bible study together. And yes. that was how we got connected originally. And I think we became instant friends, all four of us. We did. I think we have so much in common. And I was thinking about that. And I'm going to go into that a little bit deeper. But you guys have been an integral part of mm. Dalen and I's marriage. And you guys are super fun. So. We love that about you guys. Wow, and we love you guys. Thank you. So I would love for you guys to share your story and tell my listeners about how you guys met and go into a little bit about yourselves and how long you guys have been married. I'll go first. Todd and I met in 1999, December of 1999, snowboarding, <laughs> and a gentleman that I worked with, a coworker of mine and friend, set us up together to snowboard. And that was the first time we met and a lot in between, but I feel like the rest is history. So it was a blind date? <laughs> it it and it wasn't yes. really a date, but yes, he set us up. He was determined to have us meet and his name is Nick, and Nick and Todd went to Point Loma together in college, and they had a few classes together, and Nick reconnected with Todd, and Nick and I were close because we worked together and insisted that we meet. So probably two months went by until he finally got me to agree to go snowboarding, and little did I know Todd was going to be there to teach me. Were you snowboarding up north? here in Arizona we were living in California so I originally grew up in Arizona and moved to California after college I went to Arizona State and I was working there living there and Todd was already living there he grew up there and so our, our time together was in Big Bear and if I could share my side of the story so I hadn't seen Nick in a super long time and I was working at Sports Chalet, and my buddy Nick, who I had gone to Point Loma with, he he came in one day, and all of a sudden I was like, Nick, what's up? And it was so good to reconnect with him. And so we grabbed lunch one day, and he's like, hey, I, I work with this girl. You want to meet a girl? And I was like, yeah, I'll meet a girl. <laughs> and so 
that was that was that. He uh, he invite he knew I was a big time snowboarder. He he used to snowboard, and uh, he said, "Yeah, I think she wants to learn how to snowboard." So we took it up to the mountains, and it was a pretty cool day to be honest. Because again, it was I think there was an attraction for both of us right away, um, but obviously we didn't know each other, and um, she had never snowboarded, so. It was pretty fun for me because I was able to to coach her all day, but it, the snow conditions actually weren't super great. So I feel like I was like holding they hands. They were terrible. I was holding hands with her a lot during the day, like trying to keep her balanced. How so, convenient. So it was like already got like a little bit physical, I guess. <laughs> I was like, oh, let me just help you out here. Um, but no, it was, it was actually a fun day and she got super bruised up and she was a little uh, frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then we actually just got to talk that day. I remember sitting down um, just right there in front of, um, I don't know, the lodge right there. And we just started talking and, and it was actually this instant connection because I had lost my brother um, the year before and she had lost her mom just a couple of years before that. So I think that was kind of an instant connection to have. And then, um, yeah, and then it was just a good day. But it actually took us a little bit of a while to start actually connecting. So um, I ended up, um, right, right after that, I think I ended up getting in a motorcycle crash on my dirt bike and I blew out my knee and then she invited me over and I was like, no, I can't come. And she thought I was blowing her off. And so there was a lot of this kind of stuff of just, Hey, is, you know, is she into me is, you know, am I into her type of thing? And then I think our age, if we could talk about that, it, it was definitely a part of it right away because she was, when we met, I was 23 years old and she was 26, but she was turning 27. And my initial thoughts, even the first day I met her, like on the mountains, like, oh, dude, this chick's way out of my league. Like, you know, just, just out of my league. So that was kind of the mindset I had um, going into it. And on the other side of just getting to know her, I knew she grew up in the church, but I could tell just from getting to know her that she hadn't placed her faith in, in Christ yet. So I was also a little bit guarded as I had been working at a church already. And, um, I think I was, I wasn't a pastor yet. I don't no. think, but I was, mm-hmm. I was obviously working towards it. So mm-hmm. obviously had to, had to keep that in check, but, but that's how we met. And then we kept actually hanging out a little bit kind of slow after that. And then things mm-hmm. ramped up pretty quick. So a couple weeks after we met, he invited me to his church and little did I know, but that was the day that I found the Lord and the Lord had his hand clearly over the situation. So that was January 2nd, 2000. And then Todd's right. We didn't stay super connected after that. I wasn't really sure what was happening, but I just fell in love with the scriptures and God was clearly preparing the way. And so just to fast forward I mean, he proposed to me, I think, June or July of that same year, and we got married in November 2000. So it was under a year. Dating, hanging yeah, out, getting to know. It, it started, really and then it was fast. very fast. And then we were married. So there's a lot that goes into that, but it was under a year. I love that, that you, Todd, thought so much through that. Your thought process in that was... it. It gives a little insight already as to the personalities of the two of you. Because, Sonia, now you have to share what you shared before we started recording, which was what was attracting you to Todd initially. 
oh, I thought he was so hot. <laughs> I love that. And he had all these thoughts after, you know, one day, one week, he started thinking and analyzing. And right. There were, he was guarded for a lot of reasons. And I think that's, that's awesome that it, it even that shows mm-hmm. um, the two of you and gives a little bit of insight into your guys's personality. And if I could jump in, because I think this is super important to say, is the fact that I was saying, Lord, if if you want me to pursue her or if this is going to work out, then Lord, you need to make this work. Mm-hmm. And literally the Lord brought you mm-hmm. to your to knees, knees in your apartment by yourself. By and myself. the Holy Spirit got a hold of your life mm-hmm. and literally radically changed your life. Yep. And you're able to place your faith in Christ. And it was like, okay, well, I think that that answers the question, Lord. <laughs> I, th- I think you... Uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh, how did I not know all these details? Before? See, and I it's, get to learn. It's something. so wonderful to reflect too. Yeah. Yes. Just and even sharing right now. Yep, I agree, a hundred percent. That's awesome. So then you just shared how long you guys dated, which was not long. Not long at all. <laughs> you proposed how many months after you met? That was some. It's funny. You think months. I would know, but I actually I don't. don't. I, don't I don't even know, know. that we, we it was Sedona, under six it was in, months. Yeah, under June, six months. July. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. And so, what was a typical date like? Because I like these stories. Because these are the stories you guys used to talk to us, to Dalen and I, about when you guys were living in California and your typical dates. And sometimes you guys would be late nights and just doing mm, whatever mm-hmm. and hanging out and going to whatever was open at Denny's or whatever was there. And so. What are some, what was a typical date like for you guys and kind of what was the role of who facilitated that and who initiated those and. Well, she just sparked me. What was the name of the cafe on PCH? Harbor House Cafe. Harbor House Cafe. So we used to meet there late at, I mean, it was late at night, 930, 10 o'clock at night. That's actually when I started drinking coffee as well. I'd never Mm -hmm. had coffee before meeting Todd. And we would share the loaded French fries and coffee. Get a milkshake, loaded yeah, fries. And sweet moments. But something I will say, and then Todd can speak on where, where his reflections are, but because I just came to know the Lord, I was so hungry to talk about it and to learn it and to know it. And I remember so many of our conversations revolved around that. I would ask him all the questions and, you know, my more my science brain or whatever you want to call it. And we just had wonderful, deep conversations about the Lord and the scriptures and various things. Uh, we also had other types of dates. We're both very active outdoor people. So a lot of what we did revolved around that. Michelle, you're going to have to invite us back because we've got tons of stories to share. <laughs> I, I probably one about getting will. stuck in the mud and almost flipping her car on yeah, one of our yeah. first dates. And I still married you. <laughs> I'll probably have a request from my listeners yeah. to have you guys back on it. Someday. But yeah, I think, I think you're right. I just remember having a lot of really cool conversations with you and you were like a sponge, right? Of just mm-hmm. wanting to learn. And I felt like you know, this is something I had knowledge of and was able to speak into that and speak into God's word and um, kind of listen to your heart, but try to help navigate that at some level. And yeah, I think it was, you know, in all reality, it if we look back, it, we probably should have went longer, right, to get to know each other on some different levels. You know, I think the spiritual 
definitely connected me. And then obviously just what I felt towards you and the attracted, you know, being attracted to you. And then obviously just you, you know, you kind of knew what you wanted. You had a great head on your shoulders and you worked hard and you live by the beach and you love the beach. And so I think there was a lot of those things that totally drew me to you. And I think those are the things that we did on dates. Like we hung out at the beach and, you know, we talked a lot about the Lord and those were, those were some really sweet, sweet moments. Mm-hmm. I love that. So one thing that when you guys were talking about where you guys ended up going on dates, something for my listeners to know is that was something that Dalen and I found that we had in common with you guys is that you guys are from the places where Dalen and I would visit all the time. Obviously we never lived there, but we, that's where we vacation every year. Do you remember when I, we, she was a part of you there. We took the the students to beach camp and we happened to literally run into you at the same exact beach (laughs) by the train track. I was like, whoa, what are you guys doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so that was something when you guys were talking about it that also connected us to you as well because Mm. we love that place and thought that was really cool that you guys actually lived there. People, we never knew anybody who really lived there. Yes. How many, we didn't go into you guys, now you've been married for how many years? Fast forwarding to today. We just celebrated 23 years in November. Nice. Congratulations. Yes. Yes. By the grace of God. It is. And you have how many kids? We have two boys, 21 and 18. Okay. You're a boy mom. Boy mom all the way. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. We love that. Um. And you guys, I want Todd first, go ahead and tell me your job, your career, and then Sonia, you can let us know that too for you. Yeah, I'll give the short version of it, but when I was 18, just graduated out of high school, the Lord called me, which I didn't know at that time, but called me into ministry. And so I started working at a church all the way through college and then um, ended up just by my junior year saying this is what I wanted to do with my life and be in ministry. And again, felt that's where the Lord was leading me to. So um, as you know, Michelle, I've been in ministry pretty much my whole adult life now, which is many years and, and jumped out for um, just for a couple of different reasons over the, over the years, but ultimately have served students for, for many years and now held position positions in different churches, just doing different things. But the Lord has called me into ministry and I'm still pastoring at a, at a church here in, in Scottsdale. I have been working as a finance manager for a Christian nonprofit for the last 14 years. And I always um, give thanks to the Lord because it allowed me to work part-time, work from home when need be, uh, to raise our boys and be available for them. Yes. Now's the fun part for you guys because they don't know what's coming. They do, (laughs) sort of. So I decided... Because we're going to talk today about opposites attract, which was what I decided to uh, focus on. Because I know we hear that a lot. People say opposites attract, but what does it really mean? And what does that mean in a marriage? And how can you play off of each other's strengths and even weaknesses? And I think that's what when people say opposites attract, is it really true? Does it really mean, you know, what it sounds like? So when I think of you two, because I think that applies for both of you, Mm -hmm. for sure, in your marriage. And as I was thinking about this, and and I think just our friendship, 
we've discovered. And I think this is probably common. And Todd, I didn't share this with you. So I'm going to, you have to let me finish before you, you say anything. But um, I, I tend, I'm drawn to people who I, what I find out much later is I tend to be drawn to friends who tend to have a personality that's a lot like my husband's. And Sonia has a personality and has some character traits that are a lot like Dalen's, but she's a woman and has the softer side and the emotional side and can help me relate to him when I don't understand. And I love that. And then there's some things about you that are more like me, but you're still that rough and tumble that has all the things in common with Dalen where you two just connect because you're the total outdoorsy guy the way he is and you guys do those things together. But when Sonia and I talk together, she I can help her sometimes to relate to you and she can help me to because I'll be telling her things that I feel like Dalen and I struggle with and she'll say I can tell you exactly what he's thinking because <laughs> that's me so I love that about our friendship because it's yes. it makes our friendship so valuable mm-hmm. and you guys why you guys have been so key to being um, a, such a help in our marriage whenever we feel frustrated or we're going through struggles and we can go through them together so amen yeah So I'm going to ask you guys some questions and you guys, I don't care who answers you. I'd prefer you both answer and see if you both agree with each other. I'm sure you may on some, you might not. Um, And it's going to be who is more likely to. So I'm going to ask who's more (laughs) likely to, and we're going to see if you guys come up with the same answers. Who is more likely to be late for something because they stopped to pet a dog? That's you for sure. Me for sure. <laughs> okay. Who is I will m- probably run over the dog to get ready to go. <laughs> nice. So Dalen and I went through these just so you know too okay. because we were like, let's see if we, we answer them correctly. So who is more likely to clap when their plane lands? Todd. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Who is most likely to become an internet meme? Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know. Well, if it was up to our boys, they'd say me. <laughs> that one could probably go either way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, I think we, it could, it could be either way. Yeah. Okay. Who is more likely to fall asleep during a movie? Definitely me. <laughs> 100%. First five minutes. <laughs> okay. Who is most likely to splurge on an expensive item? Todd. Me. 100%. Yeah. Who's most likely to apologize first? Todd. Me. Yes. <laughs> Who's most likely to pull an all-nighter? Me, for sure. Would you do that? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, I would be. Okay. That's the extrovert in me. Okay. As much as I will be in bed first, yep. I still, I would. Social. Yes, the social yep. part in me. Who's most likely not to give in during an argument when, even when they're wrong? You. (laughs) Yes, definitely me. I'll admit it. Okay. So in that, my point of that was because there were very few, and that's what I anticipated where there was one where you guys 
thought that it probably could have gone both of you. We could definitely both be memes and sometimes. Yeah. Life. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think for the most part, it, it was pretty easy for you guys to determine who was who in that those situations. Mm-hmm. Because why? Because you guys are different. And so I come back to the opposites attract because those questions were all very different questions and you guys had very different, you know, that your answers were all the same, that the two of you agree a hundred percent pretty much on most Mm -hmm. of them that, that you guys are different people for sure. So again, when you talk about opposites attract, um, I want to just dive in a little bit to this topic with both Todd and Sonia and have them share their experiences on how being different from each um, of, from each other, um, how that's been a challenge in your marriage and also how it has strengthened your marriage. And so I'm going to start with Sonia and I'm going to ask you what you would say are some of Todd's strengths that are maybe weaknesses of yours. Well, I'm going to start with Todd, and that was one of your questions even to us. He is extremely forgiving, and he's quick to forgive, and that definitely has helped us in our marriage because I would hold on to things longer than him, and that's been a growing journey for myself, and so that definitely was something we were um, definitely more opposite on is being quick to forgive it you know we both forgive but he's definitely quicker to forgive I thought I was a spontaneous person and maybe some of my friends would think I'm spontaneous but being married then, me. then I met Todd uh, Todd is very spontaneous and fun that way where I need a little more planning. I need a little more heads up. Uh, And so even in that, in our early stages of marriage was a bit of a challenge. And, you know, we can talk about that later. But uh, you are also very competitive. I thought about that. Like you. Is that a strength? That is a strength. I mean, it could be a weakness too, I guess. <laughs> it, it caused, I am competitive as well, but it has Todd, caused a couple of fights. But it has caused some arguments. Yes, his competitiveness has, has um, caused some arguments. But strengths of his that I don't necessarily want to say are just my weaknesses, but, but things that really have attracted me to Todd is um, obviously his love for the Lord, the integrity that he holds. Um, you you stick to your word you know whether whether you remember that sometimes (laughs) but he sticks to his word and I I really cherish that about you and he's humble he's a very humble man and so I thank you for that it's fun to reflect on these these Mm -hmm. strengths Mm -hmm. so those are a few I could go on and on about some things but did you know those things, Todd? It's always good to hear them, I guess. But mm. um, yeah, again, it's good. It's good to reflect on on these things. And uh, you know, if I could just jump in and uh, I'll answer the same question. But you know, when when we met, there there was a spark, but it really was to the exact topic because we were so opposite in so many ways. 
And what we both realized in our marriage is that what we loved about one another so much is actually what we were so frustrated with each other in terms of when we got married. Because again, she loved that I was super spontaneous and I would just, hey, let's go to this and trying to always be fun and, you know, just pretty low key and chill. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had, I grew up on the beach in a sense and definitely was more of like the surfer S type of guy. Relaxed yeah, environment. Just, yeah, everything was all good, you know. <laughs> and what I loved about her is she, like, she had a career and I was working obviously towards a career, but, um, you know, again, pastor and just I, the church I worked at overlooked the ocean, if that says anything also. So that was the environment I was in. Um, but you know, she was, she was in a career or she was, had a great job and she was very steady. Um, she had a good head on her shoulders, super smart. And so those are the things that attracted me to her. I was like, wow, this woman's like got it all together. You know, and I can, in a sense, learn a lot from her, but it just seems like, man, every time we get together, we have super fun. We enjoy each other's company. But again, getting into the marriage side of things and it was like, you know, if I was spontaneous, all of a sudden I was like, whoa, whoa, we didn't talk about this or we haven't planned for this mm -hmm. or, you know, those things. And all of a sudden I was like, well, you know, a lot of times I couldn't figure out what, what was so frustrating about it. And because I ultimately didn't understand truly how you were wired and what your, your needs were. And honestly, that, that is one of your, still your greatest strengths. I think to the day is like, you are super good at like holding our family together and thinking ahead and, and planning because like you, you know if I didn't have you in those things man like I don't know where we'd be right we'd probably have moved like 20 more times and you know just been here and there just hey let's go here and, and you've you've grounded us and you've said no to a lot of things that sometimes I would just jump at and um, but I think they're good things again because you you see it in a different angle and and you've kept our, our boys grounded probably a lot of times when I wanted to maybe jump ship and like no they're going to be in the same school and you brought a lot of stability to I think where we're at right now, just because you are a thinker and a planner and, and you have that, that in you. So, you know, and I could, Michelle, I could talk for days probably about strengths <laughs> of just like, in terms of, it. in terms of what, you know, the, the qualities that, that, that Sonia has, but even later in life and, and actually earlier in life, I mean, not only has she just been an amazing mom to our boys, but like as the years have, have you know, have passed and the boys have gotten older. She's like really good. Like you're really good at speaking into like boy things, which is funny. You think like a dad would be good at that, but the dads suck at that usually. <laughs> and you're really good at speaking into our kids in terms of just the things that they're going through and being able to nurture them, not just like when they're little, but also as they're big and like in college and last year in high school and just going through a lot of those things, you know? So you have been and essentially like a rock to our family and, you know, and I could say the same thing about you. Like, you know, you're super loving and, and kind and such an amazing person to so many people. Um, so, yeah. I think it's interesting that and exactly what you were saying is the spontaneity of you at the beginning was what was so attractive. I think that's so common mm -hmm. in marriages. And when you're dating someone, what attracts you to them becomes, I mean, once you mm -hmm. have a family, you have kids, especially for women, there it there's a shift and you become more focused on and driven on your family and the family unit. And I think it's it's still important to get outside of that and do fun things and date your husband. And that's where the husband can 
say, we still need to get back to this and remember what we were back when we used to just, I was a surfer and, you know, we Mm -hmm. were hanging out late at night and whatever. And I think that's where a lot of times in a marriage, I think that's when it's hard and Mm -hmm. it gets challenging where you have to challenge each other to go back to those things that at the time you remember being so attractive um, to one another. And I love that you made that point because that's very true. And I can sit and reflect in the same Mm -hmm. way about things with my husband that sit in the same way when we were first dating things that I loved about him then sometimes drive me crazy about him Mm -hmm. now that we're (laughs) married. So I think that's, he could say the exact same things about me, but they play off of each other's Mm -hmm. strengths. Mm -hmm. And now I think we are good at finding that balance or at least we're better. I'm not going to say good because none of us have mastered (laughs) any of this. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe this is helpful for the listeners too, but I, I think that actually took a long time to to really figure out Mm -hmm. and you know to get to know us a little bit more is you know we've had some absolutely amazing times in our marriage and some really high highs but we've also had some really low lows Mm -hmm. and by the grace of god and i think through our faith is why we're able to be in this room having this conversation because it might look a little different if if our faith wasn't as strong as it was and truly by the grace of god giving us the strength that, that, that we need, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause as I was even thinking about coming and, and just being able to share this kind of stuff, like, like I'm reflecting of how many things I didn't know moving into marriage and like how wet behind the ears I really was like in terms of just what I thought marriage was all about. And with again, not only marrying an older woman who is type A and got her act together, and then here's this guy that's just kind of like do 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 sometimes and just kind of cruising through life, like it it caused a lot of problems in a sense, you know. And so there was a lot of things that I needed to shore up over the years, and I'm still learning them. But and I could reflect on a few of them if you want me to. You can go ahead elaborate. I'm, yeah, and you're on a roll. I was yeah. going to say, even intimately, there was <laughs> coming into marriage. Well, yeah, no, and that's that's exactly right. You know, the first thing that I that I would think about is like, you can't, and this is, you know, getting vulnerable real quick, like to an audience I don't know, but like you can't bring sin into a marriage, right? So when you bring sin into a marriage that's not dealt with, like that brings all kinds of issues into it. A, trust being, trust being mm-hmm. the biggest one, right? So we've had to, we had to deal with some things from me, from, from childhood that there were just some things that, that, um, were, were, were sinful and I brought them in and they hurt you. And again, we had to figure out how to gain trust back with one another. I had to grow in that area for sure. Um, so a, like, you know, when you get into marriage, you can't bring sin or it automatically, you know, will, will destroy you. Um, and selfishness, you know, selfishness is one of those things that, that in a, if you're going to get married, you just have to say like, okay, this is not about me anymore. And I don't think we think about that coming into marriage. We think about, it's about us and it's about like, Hey, this is going to be amazing with us and I'm still going to get my things and maybe she'll get her things. But like, you know, you know, you don't really think about coming into marriage, just going like, this is my time to really just sacrifice to the other person and having those conversations of like, what am I going to give up? 
and what am I, you know, what, what can we still, you know, talk through that, you know, things that still maybe bring me joy or, you know, those things, but we're selfish in so many areas and every human being at every level is selfish. So coming into marriage, not thinking about how I could be selfless, I think really, really hurt me. Um, and then not, and I probably didn't have a good role model in any of these, you know, like a dealing with sin and just what it means to really like be, ha- have healing and, and, and not hiding and have a true repentance on some things and um, a, a model of like, what does it look like to, you know, to live a, a selfless marriage as I grew up in a single, you know, household, um, but communication. And that's also like, I didn't really see it modeled. I mean, I saw my dad on the weekends for like 24 hours and there wasn't much to, there was things to learn, of course, but never like in a full marriage context. And so I, I did an awful job coming into marriage and being like a communicator and just saying like, what are the things that, that she needs to hear? What do I need to tell her? And, and just, I'm, I'm an introvert by, by nature. And, and so I just process things a lot and, and, and not necessarily share details that she might want to hear or just stuff in general, again, not thinking ahead. And so communication was one of those things that, that I really dropped the ball and I think early on and, and I'm still not great at, I think I'm still learning how to be a better communicator. <laughs> and I would say as a couple, that has been our biggest weakness. I know we were talking about strengths and weaknesses and opposites and my encouragement, especially to young couples is figure out how to communicate well. And if it's getting counseling or tools, because that was our biggest challenge, even as you speak into that, for me to reflect on that weakness as a couple. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, I mean, I, I, I really believe this, like as a guy, like I didn't, I didn't, I was not a good leader. And A, I don't think I really knew, you know, being 24 year old, 24 years old, getting married, like what it meant to be a leader. Um, I didn't think I was a leader personally. So I think, again, just with the laid back personality and that's how I'm wired and I'm really like go with the flow type of, you know, so it's like, oh, that's not like leadership capabilities or qualities. That's just like, you know, my wife is the leader, right? She's the one that's the, the, the you know, gets it done. So, but being a husband is that I needed to learn how to lead my wife mm-hmm. and with her having a strong personality it's not easy because again, my personality is not as strong as hers, but I had to learn, okay, what, what are her needs and how do I lead her? Mm-hmm. And I'm still trying to figure that out today, yeah. but I've gotten better at it. And, and knowing that, Hey, because I am married, like I need to figure it out. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how I'm wired. It doesn't matter if I'm extroverted, I'm introverted. Like I need to lead you well. And so I think in those early years, I went with the flow on a lot of things and whatever you said, I was like, cool, let's do that. You know, like that was really great. But I didn't take initiative and, and again, thinking ahead and, and, and lead well. So those are the things that I think about just early on in our marriage of what what hindered us in, in a lot of ways. And me as a man, like having to get better at and again, still a work in progress. But, um, you know, if there's any guys out there listening, like I think those are some things and some tips you can take early on in your marriage to say, man, I need to figure these things out, you know, really well. Yep. And I think I always preface any of my episodes with my listeners to tell them I am giving experiences that I am in by no means ever saying I'm a master or have mastered any of these topics they're all experiences Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. experiences I've been through 
and things we've learned, right? Just like you said, I certainly haven't mastered this, but I've gotten better. Mm-hmm. That's what I think that's what the Lord designs. Obviously, we're always getting better. We're never going to have arrived as the perfect wife or the perfect husband. Um, we're just always going to be learning and growing in mm-hmm. that way. But thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable. When you say strong personality, honey, what is what does that mean? <laughs> you having a strong yeah, yeah, me having a strong personality. Well, you're not you're not afraid to to share what you think, okay. you know. Um, yeah. And again, how you are with with people in the public, mm-hmm. and I think probably most marriages are like this. You're, you're different in the home, right? And I think part of it is you have a strong personality in general of just again, you're 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 talkative, you're outgoing. You kind of know what you want. You go after things. You know, you have that that type A. But I think you had to actually do it more because I wasn't leading. Mm, and mm-hmm. le- le- I wasn't leading well. And then so then you had to pick up some areas to which actually then probably snowball that strong personality to become even a little bit stronger than it needed to be. Did you like taking the leadership role, Sonia? Or was it frustrating to you? Very frustrating. And I don't think I realized I was taking that role. You know, he talks about how spontaneous he was. And I believed I was a fairly spontaneous individual too. But we both can't be spontaneous is the way my mind worked. Mm -hmm. One of us has to maybe be a little more grounded in what the decisions that are being made. And And I ask that question because I think it's important for people to understand and hear that just because she might be leading doesn't mean that she's doing that by choice. It's by default sometimes because in this case, you know, you were good because she was making all the decisions because, and you felt like it's what she wants to do where she's in, you know, survival mode, making all the decisions. I'm sure, especially once you have kids and you have boys and you would like him to take that leadership role. And so did you communicate that to him at one point? It, I I think it came down to one area in particular is our finances. Fortunately, we are blessed to not have arguments over money. You know, we try um, to hear each other, but I was managing the finances as well and at the time. And I remember feeling there's just too much pressure for me to do all the things that I am doing and making these decisions, it just did become too much for me. And so at that time in our marriage, I remember he took over the finances. And here, that's what I do for a living. But it relieved so much pressure from me. And you have to find what works for you as a couple. And Every couple operates differently on who manages what and who does what. But I do know for us, it did alleviate that feeling that I need to now lead him also in the finances and tell him maybe no on those big purchases because he's more likely to make those than I am. I think that's the, you know, with with you having that personality because it is, and I don't think, I'm not saying it in a negative way. I mean, Having a strong personality is not a negative thing. It's it's a good thing, um, and obviously you have your challenges on in terms of what what that looks like to you and how to sometimes reel it back and and, and tone down. Definitely. Um, I don't know exactly where I was going with that, but <laughs> yeah, I had a had a thought. I promise yeah. I'll, I'll, well, I'll 
we'll come, come back. back. I'll come to back to it. it. Yeah. No, we're not lacking words. Oh no, here. and this is this is what I was saying. This is this is where I was going. Thanks for just the, that quick pause. I needed that quick pause. Okay. Um, but I think that's the trick is, as as a as a guy, who's married to a wife that has a stronger personality, is that we we make that assumption that mm. that like the head on your shoulders, man. It's strong. It's good. Like you're good. Like you're strong. Mm-hmm. And so. For me, it's kind of like I would take a step back than pushing into that because, again, you know, in a sense, like I I truly did. It's like with that personality, I felt like you were the natural leader in our marriage. So I, I defaulted to mm-hmm. you because of your personality and not realizing the role that I really play. And again, can can we can talk later about maybe why, but I didn't step into that role because truthfully for me, it was it was hard right? It's hard to say, how do I, how do I lead somebody that's a better leader in a sense, or that has a better head on their shoulders or that's a better thinker and a better planner. It's like, well, how do I lead that person when I'm not that person? And so for me that I had to work through that a little bit to get confidence in myself and say, all right, I can still, I can still lead you. You're underestimating yourself. (laughs) I had to say that. Sorry. You're a great leader. Well, and I think 23 years. Well, yeah. And again, it's been 23 years, but and in the context it's, it's of it's been a work in progress. In the context of what I'm talking about, yes. I'm talking about the earlier yes, years. Definitely. And, and again, in my twenties and maybe yeah. early thirties. I mean, now I'm in my late forties. So yeah, things do look different by the yes. again, thank thank the Lord that the they grace do. Of but. God. Better together. That's mm-hmm. our phrase. <laughs> well, and I'm curious, and I'm sure people listening are too, how that shift you're saying early in early on you were spontaneous and there were things that you know that were frustrating maybe for her you weren't much of a leader at the beginning how did that shift take place for you was it your realization was it her communication was it i mean obviously it wasn't overnight how what are some examples if you can think of them um that you did start making those small changes and realize I can do this. I can lead a strong person. That's a good question. <laughs> well, I I think it took a lot of work too. I don't, as Michelle even just said, it's not as though it happened overnight. But you know, we we have had counseling throughout our marriage. There might be little nuggets we might receive there. I'm going to let Todd speak more into this, but I definitely know as a wife and trying to control that I realized for me I had to relinquish control and pray over that for my husband and I would encourage wives that are listening you know pray in that area as well because I know my husband is in tune when the Holy Spirit wants to get a hold of him it happens but this obviously was over time yeah but and there's things that I learned along the way to and it's and again it's it's I had I had the realization that I needed to lead but again it was the confidence in myself to say am I a leader and and can I lead and and can I do this and and I truly wish I could say that like you know I was you know giving a sermon or right. in a Bible study and all of a sudden it was like the Lord gave me this revelation of like man you need to step it up and mm-hmm. I'm going to go home and wow oh, this it's game on from here on but that really wasn't the case I think it was it, it was continually seeing the frustration that she had of frustration after frustration and just seeing her in a sense, like going through that grind of like doing 
a lot of things and us having the conversations and, you know, we can share this publicly. Like, like we've had a, we weren't the couple that was just kind of mousy and never really argued through our marriage. Like we've had a lot of tough, you know, tough bouts Mm -hmm. right in the ring and kind of back and forth. And I think, you know, over time you're just like, is it her? Is it me? And then you have to always point the finger back yourself. Like, what, what do I need to do? Like, what am I not doing and what do I need to do? And I think just with growing up and having kids and becoming a little bit more mature and already knowing the truth of what, what God wants of me is like, at the end of the day, you just got to step into it and you just got to try to figure it out. And again, it's not, it always doesn't always land perfectly, but you got to just step in to say, man, I got to figure out how to lead my wife and take care, do the things I started thinking about, okay, what are the things it was, it was really hard actually. It's funny that I'm like processing this in this moment of like, I would start telling myself, okay, what is she going to think about? Like, cause she was always like two steps ahead. So I'm like, okay, if she's two steps ahead, like I got to be three steps ahead. So I like have these conversations in my mind of like, God, I'm learning all right, this for the first what, time. like, what, like, what is she going to be thinking about? Right. And I was trying to put myself in that place. Cause it's like, I know she's going to ask me these questions. She's going to come to me with a list of questions and I'm not going to have answers for them. So a, like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ask like, what are the questions? Like, what is she going to ask me? And so it was literally just thinking through like, what is she going to ask me about? And you know, is it about finances or is it about, did I take initiative on, you know, she handled a lot of the school stuff, but I remember a couple of times like, okay, what can I do to help alleviate some of the things for her? Um, what are the, some of the things with the kids that I can do that, that she has needs for to, to make sure that, that she's feeling sane or giving her, you know, what, in a sense, what she needs. Mm-hmm. And something Todd has always said, I shouldn't say always, maybe in the last few years, but I'm on your team. And I got to a place where I trusted and believed him based on exactly what he just shared. And I just connected those links just now as well. But I'm on your team. And I think there was a time in our marriage where I didn't feel like we were on the same team, you know. And him coming alongside me, even as he even spoke of, you know, the boys' school and they went to a private school. And one thing, one example, like STOs, which – if you're in the state of Arizona, that's a whole nother topic. But he came alongside me and we just saw how the Lord just blessed that and provided financially for our kids to go to this private school, for instance. But just a little example of that, of I'm on your team, babe. Todd, something I'd like you to, um, because for some of our listeners, they might be listening and wondering why is it so important? We've talked about it. And um, why is it so important that the man leads in a marriage? And we've gone back and forth as to how she was taking more of the leadership role. And you realize that should be you. Can you expound a little bit more as to how the Lord calls us in marriage for the man to be the leader and why that's so important? for the woman yeah you know i mean i think the easy the easy answer to that is that that is what god's word calls us to Mm -hmm. it really does as men it calls us to um be leaders and to to um not necessarily like rule over the household but in a sense like to to take initiative over it Mm -hmm. 
and to, again, not rule over your wife, but to walk alongside your wife in, in, as a family. And I think God's word in so many places, whether that's Old Testament or New Testament, you know, really gives us that, that viewpoint of, of the role of a man and the importance of it. And I think, you know, this could be, again, a whole another long conversation. But I mean, when you look at society and you look at just culture in general, I think there's a lot of failure because men haven't stepped up to be the leaders that they need to be. They haven't taken a, they may not know God's word, <laughs> right? What it says, but even, even in Christian men, and I deal with men now all the time and trying to help them become better leaders, right? Of their, of their marriages and of their families. And it is, it truly is. It's one of the most important things that a man can do is say, Hey, how do I lead? And again, it's not, it's not the idea of this over bearing, right? It's not me coming in. Okay. Like, Hey, I'm the boss and I'm now going to make all the decisions and rule the household, but that I am called to, um, to bring stability. And I'm called to, to, to be a thinker, even though my wife's an amazing thinker and I'm called to, you know, come in and, and, and help work alongside of my wife to, to be that support that, that she needs. And we've had these conversations and, you know, it's, she does have that, which we'll call like a stronger personality, but it's the idea of, she's always said, when I start leading, it just, it alleviates her, right? It just takes off this, like, like, I want to follow you when you, when you are stepping into these areas Mm -hmm. that, that are bringing like wholeness and health to our family that, that you want to follow over. And, and truthfully, I think that's how we're wired ultimately. Right. I, I mean, when you talk to a lot of people and you look at culture, right, when 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 a man is doing what he's supposed to be doing, women naturally will come under. I I'm not going to say it as perfectly as I heard it, but I listened to a podcast when we were on our way to Georgia a couple of weeks ago and I loved how she explained the woman with the role behind the man and how he has the strength to lead and make the decisions and she's behind empowering and supporting him. Mm -hmm. And without that support, he is not as strong to make those decisions. And I love that because that's exactly what you're explaining. You know, she is strong enough to lead, but when you take that leadership role she comes behind you Mm -hmm. and supports you in the way that it was designed to be and it works together in i think god's perfect plan so i love that yeah and i mean that's exactly right and and ultimately that's what has made our marriage healthier right it was out of whack right it was out of true in a sense because you were you were in roles that needed to be filled, but that I wasn't stepping into, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and there's been some things vice versa, you know, in our marriage. But again, that's the idea of like, of, of some roles. And if we play them well, things seem to be more like a well-oiled machine. You guys answered a lot of my questions. <laughs> no. no, what so else can we talk about? I, we, well, and we talked about, we can about, go deeper in some I know. of that. We talked about your differences and how, those have been a challenge, and I mm-hmm. think we we definitely covered that. Um, and 
some tools and if there's anything you have to add to that as far as tools that you guys use to overcome the challenges of the differences that you guys had like Sonia my thought goes to you as a strong personality type was it difficult for you to step back and allow him to make decisions not being sure if those decisions were going to be that what mm-hmm. you would want them to be it it mm-hmm. definitely was a challenge at times but i was i i was very fortunate to have him step into that space it it was definitely a relief for me but there are still areas i would say even today right it never is just this perfect we might have to discuss something a little further, but the difference now is we don't have our guards up. I I think, you know, let's just say a financial decision. Uh, if if he's leaning towards one way and I'm a little hesitant, I, I feel it's a safer space to have these conversations and my guard is down, which just makes the communication that much better. And even if I start to get a little controlling of it and wanting to maybe take it back, I think you've learned in that area. No, I'm going to lead here. I'm going to make the decision. And you're very confident. He's very confident now in in the answer. And I just have learned to trust that. And so, yes, that didn't happen overnight. But I think, again, the, it, it's just having our guards down with those situations. Yeah, and ultimately it's it's thinking the best of one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that took us a while because when you start having a spiral that goes down, your guard is up. Mm-hmm. But but when you start having conversations and you're making decisions, it's, you know, that person's for me and I'm for them. Yes. And they want the best for me and I want the best for them. And so when we can go into conversations having like we're not against each other, but we're for each other. Like I think that helps a lot in the communication proce- process. And again, that builds the trust to be able to, for me to make decisions. And, you know, you've made a ton of decisions and it's, yeah, I trust you to do that, you know. And to still support each other. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that. we're good. And to support each other. We're fine. Okay. <laughs> we're going to slice this out. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. It was my voice. We still are for each other in that decision, so I think that's where I was going. You want me to say that again? Nope. Go ahead. Siri, sorry for the pause, everybody. (laughs) I was saying just supporting one another in those decisions because maybe, maybe it's not the right decision, but I think because we are for each other and we're for the best interest of our families and for one another, just to be supportive in that decision and feel safe with that Mm -hmm. and not nervous that if I make the wrong decision he's going to come down on me or she's going to come down on and that's time like you were saying you when you were telling me us about her and um you were explaining that it's you anticipate you have to anticipate what she's going to (laughs) ask and you want to be one step ahead of her and that was probably not something I would imagine that when you very first got married that you were even thinking about. And so that it yeah, was a learned, right? Yeah, you had to, it took time for you to know her so well. And I think that's that comes with time of being together and being married and just knowing each other. And like you're saying, thinking of what the other person's needing in those moments mm-hmm. and being able to be on the same team yeah. for each other. 
yeah, there's a couple of things that come to mind that I, that I think go along down these lines is I always felt like I was really good at like having good intentions and like I'd always have these really good thoughts mm -hmm. and my follow through sucked, right? And I'd always come across like, oh, but I wanted to and, you know, and again, it was just, mm -hmm. I was trying to always be positive, but it always mm -hmm. frustrated. It was like, yeah, okay, but your intentions... Like, but where's your action? Yes. Right? Yes. And so that's where I had to continually grow because I always had good intentions. I was never trying to be like deceitful with her or trying to make her frustrated or trying to make her upset. <laughs> but again, it, things did make her upset, right? So it's like, oh man, it's like I got to turn my my good intentions into, into actions. And for me, and maybe people can relate this or not, but I actually was really frustrated in a season of my life because... Again, I worked in a church and I mean, I, I taught the Bible weekly and I was ministering to other people and it, it's, I, I knew the word of God and I would talk to people, people that I trusted, close, close friends of just maybe praying for Sonny and I, and, you know, maybe we were just in a, in a, in a low and it's like, it was always the Christian answer just to like, you know, love her more or, you know, whatever. And it's like, be, be more like Jesus. It was like. Okay, well, <laughs> sweet. Like I'm gonna and and me because I'm also a doer. I would just do more. So I would like always take out the trash, and I'd always like 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 I'm just trying to serve her in any way possible, right? And be joyful, right? And like live out the fruits of the spirit, and just like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And it's like I would do all these things. It's like, but this isn't working. Like she is still frustrated, right? And I, and I think my point is like, those are good things. And we obviously, yes. we need to live by the fruits of yes. the spirit, but in a marriage, like we do need to learn tools. Yes. Like there, we, we do need to learn one another and how we're wired um, and how I can best serve your needs. Mm -hmm. Cause again, I still do it today just by default. Right. Mm -hmm. I just like, I'm a doer and I know that your love language is quality time. So it's like, how do I actually have quality time with my wife? when that doesn't come naturally to me, because I just want to do things for her, right? And so... But I do love my coffee in bed. Yes. <laughs> we'll keep doing that. Yeah. So anyway, that, that's... that. I had, a, I, had a, I had to literally put some tools in my tool belt to say, okay, how, how is... How can I meet her love language? Like, what are the things that I really need to do? Because in even learning what quality time meant, which yes. is funny... My definition of quality time and her definition of quality time were even different. <laughs> yes. Like my my definition is like, dude, we're sitting by the movie, we're hanging out, she's got her hand on my leg, like this is amazing, right? It's like <laughs> the best night ever. And like you think that's intimate quality time because we're with each other, but that's not that's not her definition of quality time, you know? And she rightly so, like you wanted depth. Yes. You you wanted intimacy yes. on a different level of like how do I get to know you more? What are you about? And I was never and good at even, asking those questions. And even quality time with our children. I mean, that even today, mm -hmm. you know, he just went hunting with our oldest and I don't know, overnight. I mean, that filled my tank. Mm -hmm. So it's even having that quality time with, you know, with our boys. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yes, really understanding those love languages. If, Listeners haven't heard of that. It's it's really 
digging deeper into that. It does Knowing help. Knowing them first is the key. I know that he knows your love language. Yes. A lot of couples people don't, don't know. know. Right. You tend it's to. Incredibly give, important. Yes. And yes. you tend, and I've talked about this before on my other episodes, but you tend to do for your spouse yes. whatever yes. it is that your love language is. And. That's usually yes. never what their love language is. And yes. sometimes so. I think I have all of them a little bit. Yeah, you do. You like gifts. <laughs> I and loved having gifts. And... I didn't realize I loved gifts, but wow, he spoiled yeah. me in my last birthday. Yeah. 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 And, and really, even my, my whole point in yes. saying that was not just about gifts, but about there could be a lot of amazing Christian men out there that, that again, they, they want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. They go in with good intentions, they want to serve their wife, they want to have a beautiful marriage. And they feel like they're banging their head against the wall because it's just over and over. And again, they're doing the same thing and getting the same result, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, all right, how do I put some different tools in my tool belt of what my wife needs? And I had to learn how to do that, right? Again, it's like, what does that mean to actually sit down with my wife or be a better planner and make sure, you know, we, we go on a date night or if we have a busy week, it's like, hey, you know, for me to, to say, hey, can we walk the dogs on Friday morning mm-hmm. and go hiking just because I know that's our time where we can we can talk. And so those are things that I'm trying to like intentionally think about, but then put some action behind them. Um, so she's feeling more filled up and just feeling loved. And he's better at it than I am. <laughs> yeah. I think Dalen and I, when we very first got, before we even got married, we were doing premarital counseling and one of the things that the pastor said to us that resonated with us both, and still till this day we talk about it, is, and it goes for both, he was talking to Dalen because it was, you know, getting him, you know, Dalen kept saying, I'm doing everything that I feel like I she needs me to do. And he's like, so when you feel like you've pushed the envelope and you've pushed as far as you can push it, push it further and do even more because that's where her cup gets filled Mm. that's where she feels it and so that's I think like just what you're saying men feel because they do what they understand and what makes sense to them instead of trying to think Mm -hmm. what is it that she really needs from me Mm -hmm. And that might not be comfortable for you to do. That might not be what you would like. Thou shall sit down and calendar with their wife. (laughs) Oh, wow. I have a very large calendar in our home. Oh, wow. (laughs) So there's no excuses. Mm. Yeah. Uh That would be... Yes. I would not like that. It's to do that either. (laughs) My husband would probably like that. Yeah, that's what's so funny, right? It's like... Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. I, the joy that it's the calendar brings. <laughs> so we did touch on this, but I want to mm-hmm. make sure that if there's anything else that you guys, we talked about a lot about your differences. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that you guys have in common, whether mm-hmm. they're big or small, what are, how do you feel like those things that you guys have in common strengthen your marriage? And what are those things that you feel like you share he's pointing me or you Mm -hmm. well i think we both have stuff to say well first our love for the lord i mean that's just a given uh that truly by the grace of god that we're even sitting here together being able to share this and it just fills me up knowing you know we didn't give up and even when times were tough it's we're better together and we have a deep love for the lord and for one another Uh, so that is something that we've been very blessed with. <laughs> I'm going to make her pause because 
I have to say this, I guess, because it's the pastor that, that oh. you know, that that's coming out in me is the fact that like there is hope yeah. and, and like darkness is darkness. Right. And mm. when you could be in a super dark place and not see any light. And I think that's ultimately where we continue just to rely on the Lord saying, I do not understand this, but God, I'm still going to be faithful to you. Yes. And Amen. I'm going to try as hard as I can yes. to be faithful to love my wife, even mm-hmm. though it's it's hard. And, you know, light does come. Mm-hmm. But I look back right now, and this is kind of cool even just saying this now. It's like, I feel like the place that we're at now is so amazing, but I didn't see it in that dark place, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to look back and say, wow, God, look what you have done because you have been faithful but ultimately, because we we were in it together to be faithful mm-hmm. to to stick it out. So sorry to sidetrack you there. No, but we can keep no. going on. We what we, we like to do well and truly we like each other. You know, I think that's important. I mean, there are times maybe we don't like each other, but we like just hanging out together. So if I need to go over to Costco, that's just a little example. Well, I want to go with you and we'll go together. Now, sometimes I might be, you know, hey, no, not today. I'm, (laughs) but for the most part, I say just being together, maybe to some people might be those mundane things, but we love doing those things together. And I believe it does strengthen us because we have those little moments together that it might be busy. And even those small moments are important. We're both very active people. And if one of us maybe isn't as active in a season, which is rare, I feel like we are good at encouraging one another in that because Todd and I both need that and we have that in common yeah i'd say we're super blessed that we both like to be active like again whether go it's do stuff to together gym or us hiking the dogs or you just you yes. out hiking and me out mountain biking like we love to be active we encourage that and it's really important for our mental health too we both see a difference in one another mm-hmm. which helps our marriage mm-hmm. right yep. um yeah I mean, those are a few things we can go on and on. What are some other? Yeah, I think I think we're we're also unique in the sense of, you know, we were kind of laughing at it that I'm spontaneous, but you know, you do have that spontaneity in you. Y- yes. And we both like we haven't, you know, we've traveled separately just because of seasonal life and that kind of stuff. But you know, we both have that in common. Like we mm-hmm. want to serve the Lord and we'd love to travel. And um, Again, we were we. I think the, the the word adventurous, right? We're both we are both adventurous people, and I think that that's something that we really have in common. That even moving into the season now, where you know our our youngest son is going to be graduating here, and now we're going like, oh man, we're going to be empty nesters, which is a again for a whole another podcast, right, Michelle? Uh-huh. Um, but what does that look like then for us to enjoy each other's time with one another, but do some of these things that we've been wanting to do? Mm-hmm. Not sure I want to live in a sprinter van, but that is a dream of his. <laughs> oh. Well, so Sonia and I have a good idea on that. Her and I can, the four of us. Have you seen some of those sprinter vans? Are amazing. I, yeah. Yeah. And when Dalen told me, we both decided it would be a really good idea a couple of years ago to have that conversation with one another. Like, what do you want to do when you retire? I don't know. What do you want to do? And he wanted to go see the national parks in a RV and travel around and not have a home base. And I was just the opposite. So I looked at him and I go, well, it's been a good run. So <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but 
but <laughs> I, and we yeah. joke about it now, yeah. but it is, you know, finding that, yeah. so what will that, that balance. look like? Mm-hmm. What will the compromise be when you right. do come to that point? And, you know, what we've talked about and what other people say to him is you better have an amazing sprinter van or Yes, RV. comforts or comfort, stay in a hotel every few that. days. Yep. Yes. I can do yes. that with a little It'll, compromise. But, yeah, I think that's – and realizing – I would love to see you yeah, do I that, know. Michelle. I know you would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. So I want to just give the listeners some takeaways. So I would like you guys – and you can – both answer this question um, separately. What would be the best advice that you would give to a married couple who feels that their differences are too great to overcome? I'll jump in first. Yes. So, yeah, that's that's obviously super sensitive, right? I mean, that's that's got some real raw feelings and emotions behind it, and I don't think anybody gets into marriage just so they can leave their marriage. And um, somebody that's in that place that's just like, man, this is not working, and I don't know if we can we can overcome this. Um, the the first the first thing that I think about, and they're probably not gonna like to hear it, but these are thoughts that have kept me going, and I really believe are biblically true, right? Is that ultimately the Lord doesn't want our happiness; He wants our holiness. And so for me, it's how do we continue to be servants of Christ? How, how are we living our, what are the things that we're doing? Cause God's called you into a marriage and there's an obedience to that. And so how do we selflessly like Christ who, who gave himself up right unto death for us, then how do we continually pour ourselves out, um, you know, in, in ways to, to serve the other person? Now, that doesn't mean you're not getting help in the meantime and counseling and mm-hmm. prayer. And um, I think you got to find the right people to be around. And again, just what I said earlier, because that's the comment that like, there's no hope. Mm-hmm. Like, we, like, like we're at that breaking point and, and like, we're the ones sitting here admitting that like we've been in that place, but yet we can, we can sit here and say, our marriage has never been better. And I can't tell you exactly like you know, from point A to point B, other than I'm going to be obedient to you, Lord, because that's what you've called me Mm -hmm. to be. And somehow you're also going to work this out, but you don't just care about my happiness. Of course, you want me to have some kind of happiness, right? You want me to be joyful, but ultimately you want me to be holy. And so what does that look like for me to follow you unconditionally with everything I got and not just throw in the towel prematurely? And so I, I think if you're in that place, you're, you're still probably in, in, in the premature state of throwing in the towel because there's always things that can be done, right? Through not only through the power of the Holy Spirit and through prayer, but again, of just having the right people and the right conversations. Mm-hmm. And it could be a time thing. Maybe you just need a little bit more time and, and to process and allow God to, to do a work. Um, and again, I know that there's not probably one perfect answer, but I think the mindset is if you're in the mindset about God just wants me happy and I'm not getting what I want. And if I Mm -hmm. married somebody else, I could get this Mm -hmm. and it's going to look better on the other side of the fence. um, Then you've already kind of played into the devil's hand Mm -hmm. because ultimately God is calling you to live a life of of holiness. Mm -hmm. And you can look at that, right? I mean, if you study your Bible, it's, it's all the apostles, right? I mean, they, they literally went to death because 
they wanted to serve Jesus. They could have bailed out at any time. They could have turned, nope, this is not the life I want to live. It's getting too hard. It's getting too difficult. But they realized that they were they were in it, right, for, for the long haul because it's the best and the right way to live. And this life is going to have suffering in it. It's mm-hmm. just, it's going to. And it's going to come in, in the context of a marriage. It's going to come outside the context of a marriage. But we have to, we have to ultimately have our eyes focused on Christ. Mm. What about you, Sonia? Exactly what you said. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it does align with what he said, but I'll just, in basic terms, being selfless mm-hmm. and exactly what he's speaking into. I think we obviously, it's so easy, and we started out talking about that. It's so easy in our human nature to just be selfish. And when we really, truly think of that other person before ourselves, it becomes just this natural, it, it just becomes natural. And there is more peace. And, and I would say, even as Todd talked about, even some of our darkest times, it's having that hope and hanging on. I mean, I, I just reflect and I am so thankful that we never gave up. And we had that glimmer of hope. And yes, we love the Lord and having people that would come alongside you and speak truth to you too. I mean, I would say that for any young married couple, have people in your life that are going to speak into you. And Todd and I didn't always have that in our young early stages of marriage and I think we both longed for that and that example and that encouragement but yeah he summed it up very well (laughs) well and it's hard though I mean you got to sympathize with people that that are in that position um, because pain is real and when you continue to feel vulnerable and you continue to feel hurt it's like how much can I take of that right I know you said that it's like right it's like I'm done feeling this pain Mm -hmm. or it's like I, I can't I, I have to put up my guard, yes. right? Because I am done being Hurting. hurt by this mm-hmm. other person or whatever. And and I get it. I get it. But I think as soon as we start putting up our guard, that's that's when the devil likes to mm-hmm. do his work. And, and that's when things seem to move faster in the wrong direction. Yeah. And so allowing the guard to still be down at some level and obviously having some boundaries and, and things, you know, and it may be in a volatile marriage, but um, again, a volatile marriage doesn't mean it's over. It just means you have to work on some things. There are some things that are obviously not working out. So what are they? And, and truthfully with, with living out the fruits of the spirit and, and being for each other, most things can be worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that you talked about having other people in your life mm-hmm. that can pour into you, especially if you're a young couple or you're in a place that is rocky and difficult, is being willing to be vulnerable with other people. Yes. And whether that's counseling or whether that's a really um, strong married couple who are maybe even older than you, I think it's difficult when you're in that place, like you're saying, to be open to other people and admit that you are struggling and that there's a problem or that you don't want to stay. Mm-hmm. 
And so being willing to be open with somebody else and allow them to see what's going on so that they can come alongside you and pray with you and let you know that it's normal. And Mm -hmm. I think that we've seen that in a lot of other couples. And for Dalen and I early on, that was the best thing that we used to hear from any, any one couple. It was, this is normal. This is not, Mm -hmm. you're not alone in this. Yeah. And yeah, that's huge. And, And to add to that, you have to find a obviously somebody you trust that you can have those ongoing conversations with, but that person has to be willing to say the things that you don't want to hear because yeah. if they're just going to appeal to your mm-hmm. ear, it's not going to work out. And I'm a living testimony of that. So I've had an accountability partner for the last probably 13 years of my life. And there has been times that he has spoken into me and he's like, dude, you're being an idiot right now. Like you are not thinking the way that you should be thinking. <laughs> And you, you know, you, you are, you are going to go back home. Like, you, you know, you are going to get your act together and literally like speaking into me in terms of how I'm acting versus like, Oh, that sucks, man. I'm sorry. You're going through mm-hmm. it. And yeah, she must be a real bonehead. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to have somebody that's willing, especially I think, I mean, for, for women as well, but guys trying to find somebody that's really willing to speak God's truth into you in a stern way that and we obviously have a relationship that's very respectful of one another because I do it to him and he does it to me. But I can't say it without like almost tearing up a little bit because he is the one person in my life that I don't think if he was there, like things could have gone the other way. Mm-hmm. And that's how important it is for somebody else to carry your burdens as as mm-hmm. the word of God tells us, right? That we, we are there for one another. We're carrying one another's mm-hmm. burdens. Not only has he carried, helped carried my burdens, but he's, he's spoken truth into me. And mm-hmm. it's incredibly important to have that person in your life. Iron sharpens iron, for sure. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. So, and I think we've talked about this too um, already, but if you have anything to add, um, how a married couple can best lean into each other's strengths and weaknesses. I don't know. I don't want to just keep repeating myself, but I feel like it, it just goes back to like, I'm for you. Yeah. And so, again, it's so easy, right? It's so easy to look at the other person and see each other's flaws. And yet, I I think what we have to get better at is like how amazing the other person is. And saying, yeah, we all have flaws. But there are some things about my wife, about you, right, that are absolutely amazing. And so, and again, I don't always do a great job of this, but Mm -hmm. how do I continue to like allow you to, to be you? Yeah. Right. And, and, and for and you encourage to encourage those things. Yeah. And encourage, to encourage those, things. those things in one another. And we've talked about that and, yes. and it's still something that we need to get better at, but that we can just encourage each other more. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, it's easy to nitpick, right? It's easy to see the flaws, right. but it's like, how do I, man, you're like really good at that. Yeah. And some people are natural encouragers and some people aren't. So those who aren't, it's like, okay, how do I now to put we, action to that? And we're even in a place now in our marriage where I will, I will kind of, tease him hey I just need a little encouragement in this and I'll speak it Mm -hmm. where I will admit early in my marriage I didn't want to say that because he should just recognize those things and he should just know how to encourage me and now I'll kind of sidearm him and and tell him I just need a little encouragement in this a little pat on the back or whatever it might be and I think we're learning that and it's becoming more of a habit for us which is so much better than the nitpicking. So we started talking about just, you know, in terms of 
opposites attract, right? Mm-hmm. And again, what your strengths were though, and, and I fell in love with them. It is interesting though, when you've been married for 23 years, and I don't know exactly when this started happening, like how many years in, but I think we can both say that like the things that she's strong at, because I've seen her be strong at it, like I've actually gotten better at those things. And the areas that she sees me strong in, that she's actually gotten better in those things. Like, again, I was not the thinking through everything and detail oriented. And now, I mean, I'm in a job and I do things that are very detailed and I have to be thinking ahead all the time. And I think a lot of that comes from even just learning from her that has helped strengthen me. Um, Mm -hmm. Very good point. Yeah, I I, and I keep thinking it, so I'm just going to say it. I think you've kind of said something similar, but just talking with um, young couples or even couples that have been together for 25 years and they feel um, helpless or they feel like they're at a point where they just can't get past where they're at. There's The grass is going to be greener on the other side, And as you were saying, and I have spoken to other women trying to make them understand just like what you're saying for all the nitpicky flaws that you're finding in your spouse you're gonna find somebody else who has maybe not those same ones and probably not those same flaws but they're gonna have five or ten flaws that are going to be maybe different or maybe worse and that I think it's to me is common sense but when i speak that to some women that are struggling in their marriage they're it's like an aha moment like oh because you do get to the point sometimes where they feel like it's just i moved on i can't Mm -hmm. it's too much and you start thinking what's better what's better out there Mm -hmm. and again you're going to find the same only different maybe different issues, maybe different problems, but until you can learn to be selfless and you can take that with you, you're still taking yourself with that marriage and the next marriage or the next relationship and you're still taking your issues and your struggles and all the things that you're frustrated Mm -hmm. and to make people and help them to understand that it's not going to be better Mm -hmm. or different. It's you're going to run across the same struggles. It's still work. Marriage is hard work. Yeah. And, the, and on the flip side of that is you bring yourself into it right. as well, right? We always say yeah. there's no perfect church because once you yeah. come, you make right. it the non-perfect yep. church. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true with the marriage. So yep. there's no perfect marriage because yep. you're in it, mm-hmm. right? So And I, I actually, it was a non-believer that said that to me after three marriages. And on his fourth marriage, that was his comment. He said, I just realized... I was taking me with me in every marriage. <laughs> and it was, uh-huh. I, that was all it took for yes. me to realize after three marriages, it wasn't all it's bad. Mm-hmm. There are, it takes two. And until I realized that. And so I think that's important for people to recognize. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And okay. marriage just gets richer, doesn't it? It just gets. It gets richer. I think there are people too, you know, you speak of this friend and three different marriages and, you know, those beginning phases and the butterflies. But I mean, I can look at my husband and have those today, but it is, it is richer and there is just a true depth there. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's imagery I get. It's that depth. It's the roots. Because <sighs> when we first got married, right, there was like this excitement and bliss. Right. And, you know, it's just, this is awesome. But yet there's not a lot of depth because you know each other, but you don't really know each other. And you haven't And we gone... definitely didn't know yeah, each other. Yeah. <laughs> but we hadn't experienced things with each other yes. either that... Right. Right through through the trial mm-hmm. is is what grows you ultimately. Now the amazing times are amazing, right? But I think in life and and this is true in marriage is, it's actually the hard things in life yes. that are the things that that bring us together more, right? right? Mm-hmm. And think of all the things you go through, right, in a marriage, whether it's loss of family members or, you know, whatever it might be. I mean, you're experiencing those things and you're walking through those things together mm-hmm. and learning how to support the other person through those things. And seeing each other at your worst. At your worst. At yes. And something Dalen always says, and I laugh because we – it's the small things even. I mean, there's a deep, I love that you said roots because as you grow in your marriage, that's what happens and it, and you just get to know each other on such a more intimate level and the, the longer you're married, the more that happens. But even in the small things, we, we mm-hmm. get in the car and I know every time we get in the vehicle, he starts to lick his lips because he needs chapstick. It happens every time. And we laugh now because I start rooting around looking for chapstick, which is never in my car. It's because it's right. in, his it's car. in his car. And so he, but it still shocks him every time that I know without him saying a word that that's what he yes, needs. And him. so it's those things, mm-hmm. the small things. Nobody else knows that. Right. Nobody else would think of that when right. we got in the vehicle. Well, that's the beauty of marriage, though. You get to know each other in a special and a deep, intimate way. I think what, you know, what you said, Jasania, it's, it's, it's richer now, which is mm-hmm. so cool, right? It's, and, and the, and the cool thing is like, there's years ahead, right? And it's not like, you know, we're at the age where we're, you know, we're going to the grave tomorrow. I mean, hopefully not, but, um, <laughs> but so there's, there's a lot of years ahead for even that to build on. And I think that's right. That, that is the beauty of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Marriage is messy and it's hard and it's rough, but there's so much, joy and ultimate like connection that it brings so and michelle i've been learning a lot about myself lately too about some some stuff because you know some of the things with with her you know going back to a little bit we're talking about was you know with her with quality time and but quality time again for her was the the like intimacy part and i felt like i was the most shallow person on the planet i was like what do you need to know about me like i wake up (laughs) you know i go to work and like there's not much to me right it's just i want to you know i want to go mountain bike or like just i want to be active and that that was me and she's been really frustrated over the years because there hasn't been this like there's more to you right Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I mean, this is after 47 years that the Lord's like revealed some things like, yeah, there's some more depth that we're like, we're peeling off the layers on. And mm-hmm. and I think that's also been, been helpful. So, um, yep, definitely. And awesome. the differences of men and women, because mm-hmm. men are, it's very common for men to not really be in tune with mm-hmm. those things and their emotions and their, you know, I, I, this is mm-hmm. me. And what do you, what more do you want to know? Right. Dalen used to, when we, before we were even dating, 
he would he said nobody has ever asked me as many questions as you've asked me about myself he's like, i don't even know the answer to some of these right. questions i'll get back to you on yeah the so i think that's but that's the beauty of it yeah. just like you're saying mm-hmm. then you you start to realize oh there is more to me and she sees me she sees that about me and that's the cool thing yeah yeah it's like what do you love I love burritos, you know, like, I was, no, like. Which you could tell the world all the things that I love. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So do you guys yeah. have anything else you want to add before we close? You have anything, honey? I, I do, you know, one thing on, on my end, and this is a little off track, but um, I want to go to a verse. Let's see here. Philippians 4. And I share this because I think through our marriage, there was a struggle that I had that I was believing lies. And anytime things would be low or maybe even not that low, I would allow lies to come into my head and believe them, whether it was about my husband, about our marriage, about our family about where we were in life. It didn't matter. It just, it was crippling at times. And I had, and fortunately I was able to share some of those things with Todd and felt safe enough. And now that's all he has to say. Don't believe the lies in your head. And it's so much better today. But Philippians 4, I mean, I love the book of Philippians regardless, but in Philippians 4, my app went all crazy on me. I was trying to find the ESV version, but it's Philippians 4, 8, and this is a different version, but finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honorable, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good rapport, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And I will always go back to that verse because I want to dwell on those things and how the Lord would want me to live my life and not believe lies that I don't even, you know, we can say they just come in our mind from Satan or insecurities that we may have had over the years, feelings that we might have when we're with a person, but really to believe the best in that person mm-hmm. and their intentions. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to close with that because if we can learn to just hate this person's for me, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. even if they don't, it doesn't seem like that in the moment, but but really they're for you and and to just rest in that. And God is for you. Yeah, we know how easy it is to believe lies. I know Paul in Second Corinthians ten five, right? He says to take every thought captive. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's probably a good word to even close on. It's like in your marriage, how are you taking every thought captive mm-hmm. and, and giving it to the Lord and, and weeding out what is false and finding what is true and the truth of God's word and um, finding the best in one another. Amen. I love that. I think being around people that are going to speak those truths into you as well is just super important. And I think of that when you're saying those things and we speak them and I love that you, I, I want to 
remember that with Dylan all the time is that we're on each other's team. Mm -hmm. And I love that. That's my big Mm -hmm. takeaway for today because I love that. And I think that is where you, if you can always be thinking that when you feel like they're not, Mm -hmm. if you can go back to, they are on my team and sometimes they're the only one that's on your team. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much both for being here today. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Thanks for having us. We love you. Appreciate it. It's awesome. And remember, you are beautiful.